Hey. Hello, hello. What's up? Oh, nothing. How are you? Living. <laughs> is life life in right now? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. I, 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 I could complain, but I'm not going to. How are you? You know, the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it be. That's Life is a little bit busy for me right now. I'm trying to study my little tail off mm. because it's make it or break it, <laughs> basically. So. Well, you got it. Yeah. Well, if you did not know, I am Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of QID. The podcast that's talking about when the dynamics around the marriage become difficult and how the people around you deal with it. So this was an episode we actually recorded a little while ago, but we intentionally wanted to air it now as we're, you know, kind of in our newer stage of who I do. But also I think this is a good perspective story because there are a lot of, I'll say this is like an onion episode. There are many different layers to it. It's not just one thing over the other. So I wasn't able to be on this episode, but I know that this will be a really good one. And I'm pretty sure there'll be some of you all that can relate or know someone in a similar situation. For sure. I mean, pretty much everyone or a lot of people have different dynamics that they're dealing with as they're planning their wedding. And sometimes you realize the people closest to you disappoint you. And you're processing those feelings and, you know, sometimes what you've been like the, the reality in the world that you've known up until some point, sometimes that shifts or how you see the world or see different experiences, how you experience it. Sometimes that changes as you go through different situations in your life. And I think definitely as you hear this conversation with Candace you will hear a lot of all of those themes and even some more. So hope you enjoy. We have a very special guest with us tonight. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Candace Boyd Simmons. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you on. I feel like I've known you for years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it has been a while, like back in my food blogging days. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the better half of five, maybe six years. Oh, yeah, Easily. for sure. For Easily. sure. Definitely. Oh, so glad to have you on. Thank you. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself for those that don't know you, like I know sure. you. <laughs> so like I said, my name is Candace. I am a food creative. I'm based in the Midwest. I am a wife and mom. I also am a podcaster, um, have a podcast as well. So we kind of always, you know, talk about that. Um, yeah, I work in the community here in Indianapolis, um, working, doing reconciliation and anti-justice work, as well as I have a food business. So kind of have a full plate, but <laughs> right. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I didn't know you were doing all of that though. Like yeah. I felt like I knew some of it, but whew. yeah. How do you have time? <laughs> I don't, I don't, but you know what? I honestly have really just kind of started pushing stuff off of my plate. Good. It's like, I'm kind of letting these these young heads come through. It's like, look, I'm the old auntie in the club now. Like, <laughs> I'm literally, four, I'm at 40's doorstep. So yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of, I, I do what I can when I can. But oh, you know. yeah, that's good. That's what I need to learn to do. Delegate. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's really hard. It's Are you really a type hard. A? I'm a, I'm a little bit of both. Okay. I have my moments. I have my moments. I mean, okay. my wife will probably tell you that I'm more type A than anything. 
<laughs> okay. It depends. I would. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I am type A. So it is hard for me. I can't even pretend like even if I handed something off to someone, I'm still trying to see, okay, where are we on this? What's right. going on? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, I'm glad to have you on. We are diving into some uncomfortable conversations for mm-hmm. maybe some listeners, but you know, we need to. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. So we are going to talk more about your wedding, but tell us a little bit first about your wife. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing. Um, I call her my forever crush. Oh. We, we met a very, very, very long time ago in undergrad and she, her hometown is where I went to school. Um, it's about three hours from where we live now, my hometown. Mm-hmm. And we met and we weren't really friends. I like to say we were friend adjacent because she was close to my roommate's best friend. And so I would always see her and like, we were just like, Hey, you know, Hey, I mean, I knew, I knew of her. I knew she sang, I knew um, her sisters and that was kind of much it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, not nice with each other. We just weren't close. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, she was up here, which I thought just visiting the city, you know, and we linked up and just talking and chatting and she hired me to cook. Um, like I said, I ha- you know, I have a food business uh-huh. and it was purely platonic, purely, you know, just mm-hmm. asking me to cook. And she was my client for a couple of months. And then like we went out to dinner and here we are years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that she like was low-key feeling you and that's why she was like, okay. No. Okay. Okay. No, I, I don't like, and we, we joked back and forth about that. I was like, you, I'm like, yeah, you slid in my DMs for a plate, but you was really trying to get my <laughs> She's like, no, I legitimately knew that you cooked and I followed you and, you know, I loved your food stuff. I was just trying to support you. And um, so no, like she, she did it. I tease her about it, but yeah, she's like, no, it was purely, and it was, it was mm-hmm. purely platonic. It was purely platonic. And it's weird because I said, my, my wife is not the first woman that I've dated. So, okay. and of course, like having been married before, like mm-hmm. now being married to women, it's all these different things, right? You get, you get all the comments, all the things, right? And I, I was talking to dive into that later, but mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm never, ever going to date another woman again. And here comes, here comes my wife. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we, we play in God laughs type situation. Right. But yeah. So you thought, <laughs> I, so I thought, so I thought. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, yes, we are going to dive into your story a little bit more. Still very excited to have you on. So now it's time for everyone's favorite game, this or that which is, as you know, a game you pick between one option or the other. And this week's This or That is sponsored by our friends at Brooklinen. Check out Brooklinen today and find the best gifts for every type of couple there is. All you have to do is head to brooklinen.com and use promo code HUEIDO to get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more and free shipping. So because you are our guest, we are going to start with you first. And this is like nothing too hard. I, I want to say like choices wise, it's, it's just good stuff to kind of think on. Um, but to start, would you prefer to get engaged the week of your birthday or get engaged the week after New Year's? The week after New Year's. Why? My birthday is its own holiday. Okay. Hello. (laughs) And I I love birthdays. I love celebrating anybody's birthday. And Mm -hmm. my birthday is is super, super fun. I'm also um, a July 3rd baby. So 4th Mm. of July is like, you know, huge. So I don't want to share my birthday. (laughs) I get it. You're you're already very close to. Very close to a major holiday. So just, yeah, let me have my birthday. We can get engaged another time. I feel the exact same way. Do not propose around my birthday like yeah no you got all the other time in the world for this there's 364 other days pick one right please (laughs) (laughs) okay so for your vendors if you had to have two that were black 
Would it be your makeup artist and your photographer or would it be your hairstylist and your DJ? Makeup artist and photographer. Mm. Just because oftentimes dealing with photographers, they don't know how to, you know, capture mm-hmm. us. Right. And so that's really important to me. And makeup artists, I just feel like black girls be faces. Hello. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with that all day. I'm I'm with you because you don't want to be chalky. You, you don't want to be, be a little chalky. ashy, a little, you know, looking like a gross sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the DJ, I feel like you could you could just tell them what to play, kind of give them some direction and right. you know, and with hair, I mean, you could really just have your stylist, you know, like your person do your hair and be set if you only could select, you know, from these. So, yeah, now I'm with you on that. (laughs) Okay. So budget wise, would you prefer to set a budget for a wedding day gift? So it's like, okay, we're only going to spend this much on our gifts or setting a budget for the engagement ring. Engagement ring. Okay. Why? Engagement ring. Just because I feel like, you know, your your engagement ring is one piece of your wedding set, right? Mm-hmm. So the wedding gifts, I mean, that can be anything. Like right. my, my wife and I didn't necessarily do like big gifts for when we got married, but the engagement ring, we're like, okay, I don't want to spend more than this. I know this is one piece of what I'm going to wear. I'm going to mm-hmm. get a band in addition to what I'm wearing. So yeah, I'm, I would rather set a budget for that. I feel you there as well. I don't even think... For our November Valverno, I don't think we did gifts because it was like, I mean, we're already married. Let's just. Right. Um, I think we did something for the wedding day, but I can't remember. I don't think we actually set a budget, but it was also like, let's not go crazy because right. hello. <laughs> and we have other stuff we need to spend this money on. So exactly. Exactly. Like, so I was thinking of that because I saw a video of someone that bought I guess her husband a yacht. And I'm like, oh, oh, we have yacht money. (laughs) Okay. Excuse me. Right. (laughs) We all can just do this. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. So final round. Would you prefer to get married in the city, but your venue can only accommodate up to 75 guests or get married an hour and a half from the city, but the venue accommodates 175? In the city small intimate event hands down I had a feeling hands down I had a feeling and I've done I've had both I've had large weddings I had a small wedding so Mm -hmm. knowing what I know yeah give me the intimate event yeah for sure same in all honesty yeah the less the better I feel like this is such a sacred event you know like it shouldn't be for everyone's consumption it's not it's not. And, but the issue is that people just feel so entitled to pieces mm-hmm. of you. And it's like, no, like, don't, don't be mad. Wish me well and send me on my way. Right. Right. You know? And the people that really are there for you will be there. But those that are kind of on outskirts or kind of fringe, if they really love you and support you, they'll still support you whether Even they're they there or not. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel wholeheartedly. And if anything has shown me this is getting married this go round. Yeah. 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 I have. So I will say I have some questions just like mentally. That's kind of like, okay, kind of comparison purposes of like, mm-hmm. you have done this twice now. Like, yeah. How do you feel about this? Or like what changed? But we'll get into that in a second. Sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, shoot, we're about to get into that now. <laughs> we're done with this. Let's do it. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So let's go back a little bit. Tell us. So you've already told us about your wife, but tell us about how she proposed to you and then how you proposed to her. Sure. So mm-hmm. we went to dinner. Um, again, I'm a foodie. I love to eat. I love to try any brand new restaurant that pops up in the city. I'm mm-hmm. there. Put me on the guest list. We went to dinner and what I just thought was just a nice date night. <laughs> um, we had already looked at rings and had already grabbed our rings just because we found them. 
and I have very, very tiny fingers. My ring had to be specially resized. Mm. Um, the jeweler was like, I don't believe this person's ring- fingers are this small, but nonetheless. <laughs> so we went to dinner and we're sitting there talking and she's like, you know how much I love you. Um, I'm just, you know, honored that you're in my life. And I want to know if you will spend the rest of your life with me. Pop, there's a ring. Instant tears. <laughs> <laughs> Instant tears. Of course, I said yes. Um, I didn't even know our rings to come back. Like, I wasn't mm. even, I'm just thinking, you know, it's going to take a while because, you know, my fingers are small, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then a few days later, we were at home, I think maybe watching a movie. And I got down on one knee and said, hey, I know you already asked me, but <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't let you get all the glory. Um, I love you. You are my one. You're my person. Will you spend the rest of your life with me? The answer was yes. That's so beautiful. Did you, did you have it? Like, did you have a feeling it was coming though? Like, even though y'all had bought rings. Okay. Had no clue. Just because again, like, yeah, we bought them and I knew it was Mm going to take a while for them to come back. Um, Mm -hmm. We had them. I wasn't, I was not thinking. No, I was not thinking at all. Total surprise. Gotcha. Total surprise. So how did, and I know I'm kind of deviating a little bit. How'd your like close ones around you, how'd they respond to it? So (laughs) it's funny you say that. It's an interesting story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Our close, close friends um, were very excited for us. Um, My mom and sister were, you know, super excited. Um, I told a few of my very close girlfriends. They were very Mm. excited. On the other side, we had people that were not so excited. Mm. And, you know, it's, you know, it's the nature of the beast when you're a queer couple. Yeah. You kind of get used to people being weird about stuff like that. Um, it was hurtful, to say the least. So it kind of started out with people kind of stealing our joy about mm. being excited to start, you know, a new, a new chapter. Because, mm. yeah, we can buy a house together and we can travel together and we can do all these things. But getting married is where you draw the line. Right. So um, that kind of took. It took some wind out of our sails. Hmm. It was hard and it was difficult and it was stressful. <laughs> it was stressful. And it, and it made me sad because, of course, having been married before, I wanted my wife to have the best experience possible. Hmm. You know, I wanted to hmm. make sure that, you know, she was celebrated and that she knew that this was something great that she was doing and something, you know, brand new for our new chapter. And it kind of sucked when people kind of took that away. Yeah. So this is her first marriage. This is her first marriage. Gotcha. Only, but you. you Only, yeah. First and only. (laughs) Right, right. Period. (laughs) I hate that y'all experience that because, I mean, this whole process of wedding planning and being engaged can be stressful just in, in that. Yeah. So just dealing with the people that appeared and pretended to be basically in your corner and in your circle and supported you to, you know, to an extent beforehand, like you said, for this to be, this is where you draw the line is like, like, what did you expect? I guess that, well, and and so that was my answer. So I said, okay, so again, I can do all of these things. We can build this incredible life together, but actually protecting each other legally. Right. So y'all start planning your wedding how was that? Like, was it easier? Was it a little bit harder? Like things have obviously changed. Yeah. Things have changed for me. My whole goal, the entire time through the planning process was to make sure that my wife felt like a princess on her wedding day. That's all I wanted. And my wife, very nonchalant. She's like, is that what you want? (laughs) I'm like, is that what you want? She's like, are you going to be there? Like her answer, I'm like, hey, do you want this or that? Are you going to be there? Yes. And that's what I want. Like, like the rest doesn't matter. The rest, literally the rest doesn't matter. I, I think the biggest part was figuring out venue mm-hmm. and guest list. But once we realized, you know, there are people that are just not going to be invited and there are people that are just not coming. 
mm-hmm. that cleared up real quick, real yeah. quick. So yeah. it was it was easier this go around, especially because the first time I got married, we had I had over two hundred wedding guests, <sighs> and it was a lot. And yeah. having to please two families and having to right figure all of that out is it was very stressful. I don't know how I survived. <laughs> That this go round, we literally said, "This is our day. What do we want? Who are we going to honor in this moment?" Right, and that's it. it was it was literally seamless. It was seamless. That's good. That's so good. Oh my gosh, let's talk about the guest count, though. Okay, yeah. how how small was the wedding? So our entire wedding, including us, mm-hmm. there were twenty seven people. I love that. I love that. 27 people. Ooh. Did all 27 show up? All 27 showed up. Oh, even better. Yeah. Everybody, everybody showed up. Um, we were again, we were very strategic about who we invited and why. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to feel like a circle of love. Yeah. We wanted there to be no question that, that the people that were there to witness our joy and witness our day and witness our love were there for us. Yeah. And in the end, we ended up finding out there were some, I'd like to call them court reporters <laughs> there. Of course. Pointing back, um, which is fine. You know, whatever. That's what you felt you need to do. But all, right. all in all, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful time. I love that. Gotta have her music for her bath, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was purposeful. The one word we kept coming back to when we, think about our wedding and talk about our wedding was intention. Mm, I love that word. I love that word. Cause it could really, you know, get rid of some of the fat. <laughs> like when you're really intentional about stuff and like really think about what is this day about? Who is this day for? Are the people around us really there for us? Mm-hmm. Because when you get your photos back, when you get your videos back, like when you're reliving that that day, just even thinking on it, to have the people there be people you think of positively. <laughs> that means so much, even though, yes, there may be people that weren't there for whatever reason. You don't really matter. <laughs> like, I feel like the wedding is that time where you can really show someone, do you matter? Do I matter to you? Like, that's it. The wedding and the aftermath of the wedding and making decisions as a couple about your wedding. Um, they always say, you know, new levels, new devils. And it's mm-hmm. very much so true. Some of those devils are devils you've known your whole life, right? True. And when when you decide to put yourself or you and your partner's well-being at the forefront, people get real shaky about that, you know? And it's it's interesting to say the least. But knowing what I know now, I probably would only change one thing. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, in the hindsight, like yeah. for yeah. it to only just be one thing, mm-hmm. that, that's great. Yeah. That means you really protected the I two did. of you. I did. I did. In fact, we didn't even, we, uh, people that knew because they were invited, they knew. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like telling the whole world, it's like, no, it was literally a, hey, we're getting married. <laughs> In that, yeah. <laughs> Invites went out. People knew, say the dates went out. People say mm-hmm. the date. That was it. Most people probably found out when you posted pictures. That's exactly when a lot. Of, that's when 99% of people found out. <laughs> I love that though. <laughs> because those that knew, they knew. Those that like, knew needed to know. And the people that yeah. we told that weren't coming to the wedding, we told mm-hmm. prior to like, hey, we're getting married. This is when we're getting married. We're, we're going to, cause eventually we plan to have a bigger party, you know, mm-hmm. but it's still pandemic, right? We're, we're still in a pandemic. So that was also on the forefront of how we decided to plan our wedding. We didn't want to have a super spreader wedding. Hello. Because y'all also got married in kind of that Delta time frame where right. Everybody, you know, mass mandates for coming back and everybody's, you know, not going into the office anymore. Like everything had changed. I get it. I get it. Okay. So in terms of like your wedding planning responsibilities, because there's a lot you still have to get 
venue and food and all of the details, all of the things, how did y'all divide it? Or was it just a hundred percent like, you know what, we're both in on this or did you take some and she took some? So we literally sat down and said, what do you want the day to look like? We started out with that. How do you want mm-hmm. this day to look? What do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. We talked about vendors. I knew that I was going to do most of the paper. I knew that I was going to do the flowers. Mm-hmm. We talked about a few cake vendors in terms of like our venue. We looked at a few venues and then one of the businesses that I wholesale my spices to, mm-hmm. I was talking to them. I'm like, Hey, what about the event space you, you have there in the, in the store? And they're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like you can totally do that here. Hmm. It was simple. Like we, we talked about like maybe two or three venues. And then I said, well, let me call them. And so we just worked it out. It literally, when I say it was seamless, it was seamless. I think the, the hardest part was probably dressed up. We're going to get to that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was seamless. We I said, hey, I want this. This is what I want to do for color. Okay, great. How do you feel about this? Seamless. No, no major issues. No major knockdown, drag out arguments. None of that. Love that. Because, I mean, all this, it's a day, you know? So, right. yeah, I'm glad. We've heard stories. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because everyone thinks this is their day, even those that aren't the ones getting married. Right. <laughs> you know? right, right. And having right. to field all those like opinions and points of view. And especially when there's like financial contributions. So it's like, I feel even more like, I don't it's care if it's your wedding. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad. And I, and I think because we didn't have that, mm-hmm. it was, it made it real easy to just say, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to be done. Yeah. Period. And then it is what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about now more of the vendor process and the vendor mm-hmm. searching. Um, because y'all are a lesbian couple. Did you mm-hmm. have any kind of frustrations, troubles, trying to find any vendors or was it like not as hard as maybe for others or other locations rather. It was not hard, but okay. when we were, for instance, when we were thinking about our cake, now you don't necessarily have to disclose that you're a same sex couple to your vendor, but right. it, it would behoove you to do so. Right. Because mm-hmm. I want to know that I'm spending my money with somebody that doesn't just see me as a dollar sign, but totally. sees me as a right. person and is going right. to take, you know, con- into consideration what my little cake is, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I did when looking for cake vendors, I definitely made sure that, you know, they knew that, you know, Hey, this is for a same sex wedding, mm-hmm. you know, be- because we're going to have multiple items from them, right. We're going to have stuff for the, for the wedding cake. We're also going to do wedding cupcakes. And we also had, you know, little gifts. So we wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that there wasn't going to be any smoke in the city. If there needed to be right. Um, in terms of photographer, the photographer we used, um, she's done work with us before. So okay. I knew, you know, going forward that she, I could trust her with, mm-hmm. with the job um, in terms of our officiant, like thinking about, you know, something like that. There are mm-hmm. still people that won't marry same-sex couples and that's fine. But mm-hmm. I made sure the person that we chose, minister, family, friend, I said, hey, will you marry us? It, it was no question. So it was something that we thought about. Mm -hmm. I was very conscious of the vendors that I used. It was definitely something that I discussed with them beforehand, before we even got into quotes and all that. Hey, Mm -hmm. do you work with same-sex couples? If the answer is no, okay, let me send you on your way. But I never got any no's. Good. And I'm glad you did that vetting on the front hand before, like, you know, and then... Well, now you got to start all the way over right. after yeah, Waste all that signing time. the contract. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should have asked this earlier. How long, I know you put this in the form, but how long was your engagement? So we got engaged in February. We were married in September. Okay. About seven months. Okay. That's still a good amount of time to yeah. plan. It wasn't like a overnight. <laughs> no. I mean, and again, yeah. when, when you have a smaller wedding, you 
you knock out a lot of stuff in terms of logistics. Mm-hmm. Your venue, making sure that, you know, their caterer and all that. Like when you have 25 people, it's easier to plan something with 25 people versus 200 people. Right, right. Definitely. So you mentioned the officiant. So this was like a family friend. Yes. Okay. I was going to ask, like, in terms of church and feelings around that, like, was there, how was that rather? Because, okay. Okay. Because I know you go to church. I know you have a relationship with God, you know, like, yeah. So this is where we get into the heavy hitting stuff. mm -hmm. So first thing we did, we said we weren't going to get married in the church. Right. Yeah. Um, Just because most black churches don't marry lesbian couples. They just don't. Right. Um, So that took a lot of the guesswork out in terms of venue and church. Mm -hmm. The hardest part has been the aftermath of getting married and being black and queer Mm. because you can be black and queer and go to church and never say a word. Mm-hmm. But the minute that you confirm either by being in a relationship, by being married or someone sees you out, mm-hmm. then, then it becomes an issue. Never, never mind that, you know, there's no PDA, anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're just simply being ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've lost a church community. Mm. We've lost family, <laughs> friends, We've lost a, a ton of things just by getting married. Mm. And it's difficult, especially when you've been in church all your life. It's all you know when you, you know, when you do work in church, when you are a part of a ministry, to have that ripped away from you, right. all because all you did was say, This is the person that I'm going to marry, do it. And you think, okay, I'm just living my life. Right now, the same person that you know could lead the choir, can be an usher, can be on the prayer warriors team, can lead the parking lot ministry, all that. I'm the same person. The only thing that has changed is now I'm married to someone that happens to be a woman. Right. So it's hard when you have to constantly break down the toxic theology behind that. Mm -hmm. It's difficult, and and it really stretches your mental capacity because you want to say, God, these people are not your people. Like, like, you know, these are not your people. Like, how can you tell me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that I can come to church, but I have to come with an asterisk. It's not fair. And it's, um, it's very difficult. It actually been something that my wife and I have to work through because it's, it's a constant, like having to find a new church home that sucks. It's like trying to find a job, mm-hmm. you know, because you got to vet the pastor. You got to, so then you got to listen to the choir. You got to, you know, it's all these different things you have to deal with when all you want to do is just go to church. Right. So it's, it's been hard. It's been hard and it's been difficult, but you know, the same people that tried to, you know, pull us apart, so to speak, by their actions have only made us draw closer to each other. Right. So, because it's like, okay, so what did you think that, okay, since you didn't agree that we were just going to get divorced? Right. <laughs> that's not how that works. Like, what did you think? Exactly. What did you think was going to happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it, but now it's like, okay, now, now I know what churches I'm not going to go to. Yeah. And I feel like it's so, so hard to find a good Black church. <laughs> and and that's, that's what I've said. I said, okay, I could go to a predominantly white church or a mixed church to be affirmed and then go to black church for the music and the new right, one, you know, right. but I don't want to do that. And I shouldn't have to do that. Exactly. And it's not like we're up in church, rubbing each other down. We're not doing any of that. We're just attending church. Right. Yeah. But there's already like this very, and I don't know where it originated from but there's this like very weird sexual like stereotype and just assumption when it comes to like queer people and queer couples in general it's like if you put 
two people that are gay in front or shoot just one person that's gay in front of children or, you know, a community or people then X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no one that, that, do you know anyone that's gay? Like that's not the reality. Right. You're just trying to go to church like everyone else. You're just trying to join like a ministry, like everyone else. The frustrating thing is you see how hypocritical that can be time and time again, where there can be someone else that maybe is in a position of leadership or is on a committee or in a, you know, an organization or whatever. And they may do something else that the Bible has deemed a sin. And then that couple or that person is like no one is kicking out or saying something about someone that had a baby out of wedlock or had a baby um, and cheated on their wife that also attends this, you know, or like brought the the side piece to, the, you know, like we see all these conflicting <laughs> things. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very hypocritical because again, you don't ever say anything when it's the minister of music or the right. wardrobe stylist or it's all the we you can be gay in church but you can't you don't say don't say anything don't be yeah. yourself you're just quiet yeah you're just quiet so you negate that person's entire humanity mm-hmm. you only want to pick apart the pieces that you can pimp out right and it's 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 really difficult and and it really pisses you off too when when people say well God made, you know, Adam and Eve and da, da, da. They say all these things and quote all these scriptures when the whole scripture that people love to quote about homosexuality is 100% interpreted wrong. It's been, it's totally wrong. And if Mm -hmm. you read the book back in Hebrew, they're talking about pedophilia, meaning men, men that are preying on children. That's what that scripture says. But Mm -hmm. again, we pick and choose what we want to take out of the Bible when it, when it suits us. Exactly. You know, it's it's just it's difficult and it's it's hard and it's honestly it's the story that a lot of us have. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have. We, you know, it's this institution that we've grown to love, but it has hurt us so much. I've had many, many conversations with a variety of friends that we grew up in the church. We went to, you know, we were in the children's choir, youth choir. We, you know, joined different ministries. We were very much like there all the time. We came with our parents that were always there as well. And you become older and you start observing things. You start paying attention to how people are being treated and how the business of church takes a lot of like priority at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, and then also once you start going through the Bible and start reading on your own and start kind of, wait a second, you're realizing sometimes one, what we're seeing, what's supposed to be the example and what I'm reading, not even the same. Right. And then the fact that a lot of what is being preached is not necessarily the interpretation or basically like you're saying like that's not how that was supposed to be broken down like that's not what the original text meant or said people are going off of what someone behind a pulpit told them instead of really reading and interpreting for themselves because i'll be honest like growing up I probably would have been one of the people that talked about you because of how I was taught how based on the churches I went to growing up to an extent, that's pretty much what was all enforced, you know? And once you become an adult and start realizing like, no, (laughs) that's, that's, that's not even, that's not even like God. Right. Right. Or even like Jesus, you know, right. that's that's not the love and the mercy that you see and read about in these other like passages within this in the Bible. We can we yeah. can talk about that all day. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Ooh. Have you all found a church on, though? 
we're we're leaning towards we've got two that we're just kind of drilling down about so that's good yeah i feel good about that that's good good. that's good all right so back to wedding planning (laughs) (laughs) so when you were doing your research and just planning in general what did you see when it came to media social media, everything. Did you see a lot of couples that look like you? And if so, where, but if not, you know. So no, the wedding industry, like our world is very heteronormative. Right. So I had to, for instance, when I was looking for vow books, mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. vow book was Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Every cake topper, Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Every aisle runner, every gift, every T-shirt, every pin, mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs., right? So I had to seek out vendors that I knew cater to same-sex weddings. Etsy mm-hmm. was a big help. Oh, good. Um, but there's also a couple of Instagram accounts like Mrs. and Mrs. And mm-hmm. like The Knot has stuff now. Brides has a few things. But it's just it's just a heteronormative industry. Mm-hmm. And we are totally shunned out. Like we just, we get the Pride Month, there'll be tons of things. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, In two weeks. In two weeks, it'll be, you know, on and popping. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like I had to drill down and just, you know, following certain hashtags. That's how I found a lot of the things just because <laughs> we right. have to create our own space. For everything. For everything. And and don't even get me started on finding Black queer brides. Right. Right. Because I noticed a few of like the big wedding platforms and pages and stuff like that. Some of them have like Instagram accounts dedicated to like gay weddings or whatever. But you look and it is vanilla. It's vanilla. <laughs> and it's mostly male, vanilla. surprisingly. And yes, mostly male. So that again... It's just, it's, it's a whole nother world. So yeah, I found a couple of Instagram accounts, uh, Bride Navy. I absolutely love. Yeah. I love what they do. Um, Mrs. and Mrs. Um, I think there may be a black queer bride group too. So just, you know, finding, searching, searching hashtags and and finding Mm -hmm. all of the things and just throwing myself in is kind of how I found what I needed. Mm. Because now I think about some of the like big vendors and like the black wedding media space and just thinking of how many queer couples have I seen on their feeds right? or on their accounts. Right. And I'm thinking now, is it one, are they like, oh, okay, yeah, like I'll shoot your day or I'll, you know, do this service for you, but I'm not going to post, you know, like I'm not going to put that or if so waiting until June. Or just not at all, like, you know, finding a way to, oh, well, we're busy on that day. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't want to, they don't mm-hmm. want to show it because the reality is once you come out in support of or share about mm-hmm. same sex wedding, whether, you know, it'd be a black same sex couple or a white or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. there are going to be people that start to give you grief about it. Right. You're going to lose followers. You're going to lose supporters. When mm-hmm. I posted about my wedding, definitely lost followers definitely yeah. lost friends it, it is just the nature of the beast but right. when you're doing it because you want to bring awareness and you want to let people know that they have a safe space to be themselves you don't mm-hmm. care about that that's very true that's very true so going back to wedding marriage all the things we mentioned briefly earlier that this of course was your second wedding. And so there were things you've learned, things that you did differently. Can you go a little bit into detail about like what that was? I mean, outside of, okay, this was a smaller wedding. The last one was, you know, the first one was a big wedding. Let's dive into that. Yeah. We focus a lot on, like I said, honoring each other and our journey and making sure that what we were doing was about us. Mm. Um, so like, like going back to the guest list and mm. being really, really, really intentional about who we thought about and who we saw and who we felt in our corner. My cousin who got me ready, got my wife ready. Mm. Yeah. So things like that, taking care 
and at every moment of the day, like I, I got my wife a robe and wrote her a letter and told her how I couldn't wait to see her, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited that we get to start this part of our life together and mm-hmm. it's us to the wheels fall off. Spades face up. That's what we say. Spades face up. And it's, it was really surreal to be in the room with all these people who had, some were at my first wedding, some weren't. Mm-hmm. And to have them come with me at this part of my life. Right. It just, it felt good. And it, it, I didn't, like I said, like we didn't have any stress. Like the most stress is like dress shopping and like going, you know, trying to find the perfect dress. And mm-hmm. when you walk into the bridal shop, okay, who's the bride? We both are like, you know, right. stuff like that. But it was, it was different because every step of the way we were thinking about each other and not who we had to please with this wedding. Mm. It was all about us at the forefront. I love that. So let's talk about dress shopping because I think in general, dress shopping is just not that girl. It's really not not the experience at all, but tell us about what your experience was like. So planning a wedding during a pandemic, not all that fun. So the first time I went dress shopping, um, I called a couple of bridal shops. I made appointments. Mm-hmm. They were doing appointment only. I couldn't bring a guest to try on dresses. I could only, you know, look myself and mm-hmm. I couldn't bring a guest. It was very difficult because I had an idea of what I wanted, but I needed some opinion. So um, I didn't, I tried on like one or two and I was FaceTiming my mom and I was she was looking and she's like, oh, I love that one, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I put a dress on hold and I was like, oh, I don't really know that I like that. So then my wife and I said, well, let's just go look together. Mm-hmm. So we went and, of course, we go to the bridal shop. I'm like, who's the bride? And we're like, we both are. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which, again, the world is so, you know, heteronormative. Right. Um, so we looked and we looked. I found a dress. After I tried on about 10 different dresses, I was not happy. I was getting mad because mm-hmm. you know how they ring the bell when they find their dress. I was getting mad. I was really getting mad because I hadn't rang the bell yet. And I was like, if one more person rings the bell, I'm going to break the bell. But I ended, <laughs> up, I ended up finding my dress. And, um, my wife, she tried on dresses and she was like, I don't really know what I want. I don't really know. We'd actually ordered a couple and sent them to the house. And she's like, mm, I don't like those. So she sent those back. Mm-hmm. We went and she tried on like four dresses and she was like, I don't really know about these. And then we walked around again and she found her dress and she tried it on. And as soon as she tried it on, she started crying. Oh, so that's how I said, that's the one. And so I was like, well, why did y'all go look together? Cause I'm like, I want her to see me in my dress and be like, yes, that's my baby. She looks good. And I was yeah. like, yes, that's my baby. She looks good. Right. So I, I wanted her opinion. I wanted her help because she knows what looks good on me. I know, you know, what looks good on her. So right. it was, it was, it was fun, difficult in a pandemic. But fun. That's good. I'm glad that the, the painful part was because it's pandemic related. Right. <laughs> but in all honesty, it may have been painful, even if we weren't in the pandemic, because it's just not fun. It is not. It is not. And especially when you are not a stick. <laughs> oh, come on. Here. Like, if you are a size zero through maybe six, you probably are fine. Maybe even eight. Once you start getting into double digits, especially because street size and dress size in the same, oh, it's over. It's yeah. it's not fun at all. Don't dare have a little butt. Mm-mm. Oh no. Did you deal with the um the little clip things and the sheet in the back? So listen, I I <laughs> my dress is very simple. Mm-hmm off the shoulder kind of mermaid situation, but I kind of had to pull it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I said, Hey, I got booty. So <laughs> you're going to have to figure this out. Like, I don't know if you have to lift something, fix the ruching, do something. Mm-hmm. Cause, but again, that right there just shows you just how whitewashed the wedding industry is. Because very. the, the wedding dresses are not at all catered to our body type Mm-mm. at all. Even with, not even with the types of dresses, 
the color of dresses mm-hmm. because some of these like whites or the blushes or like these little accent colors that are popping, they don't look well on our skin. And they especially don't. when you have like those kind of, uh, was it the illusion tops or whatever, where you have that kind of see-through, but then the little thing underneath is like peach. pale. Yeah, yeah. peach. Mm-hmm. Like even with Tania's dress, when she first got it, she had to have it, have that part taken out. And I think went through like two rounds of that because she's a darker skinned girl. And it's like, I want this to be nude for me. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you the fact that nude is not a real nude just right. me. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. So I know. I know, I know, I know the food was on point. (laughs) You can't have (laughs) a wedding and the food be trash because they are going to talk about you. Listen, listen. (laughs) that was probably the most fun we had. Good. So we had our wedding. Um, The venue was, it's called Goose the Market. Mm-hmm. And it is a um, meat shop, but they also have a wine cellar and they have an apartment just above the space. Mm. So um, I had them do, um, we did roasted eggplant sandwiches and sliders. We did um, roasted pork, roasted chicken. We did salad skewers, charcuterie mm. cups. Ooh. Yeah, super fun. Um, this amazing potato salad and just just cute little fun stuff. It was so much fun. We wanted it to feel like a backyard party. I like that. A backyard party with a little elegance. So we had um, the rosé was flowing and just, just good fun stuff. We did, um, they had cheese and meats and it was beautiful. I have to share all the pictures. It was just. Yes, was please do. It was really good. That's perfect. Really good. I feel like there's such a pressure if you are anywhere related to the food space, you cannot have mid food. You can't. It can't be trash. You can't. And that was another thing like we were thinking about too, with it being pandemic. Like I'm like, do I want people to actually sit down and have a whole meal or can mm. it be something that they can walk around, mm-hmm. talk, you know, cause we wore masks. We had, you know, the air purifier going on. I mean, all the things mm-hmm. that we could, you know, think about to make it right. safe. But um, yeah, you got to have good food because people, people remember your food. They just do. They remember really the do. music and the food. That's it. That's really. <laughs> um, speaking of COVID real quick, did y'all do any testing or require any testing or anything like that? He just like required that, that everybody um, wear a mask. Okay. And, to, and if they were not vaccinated to let us know, because then we could put them in a certain area, but everybody, yeah, we let everybody know, Hey, masks are required. If you're not vaccinated, please let us know. And everybody was open and honest. So it was, oh, that's good. Like, again, like when you have a small group like that, you have to take a little extra precautions because there's not a way to spread people out like you would in a larger venue. And they would know. <laughs> and right. Like it would be easy to identify, like, identify. oh, okay, it was this one person. Contact tracing. Y'all yeah. went and got us sick. So, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All I need. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, describe your day just reflecting back in like five words or less. Oh, my gosh. Elegant, intimate, love field. Um, overflowing mm. and care. Those are all great words. Yeah. I think um, it's, it's probably even more sweet to me now because um, the cousin who got us ready passed away a month later I remember. after we got married. Yeah. And so I have all these pictures with her getting me ready and her, uh, she told my wife, she's, we were about to do our first look. And my wife said, she's like, yeah, she was putting my shoes on. Like she was, you know, serving me on my wedding day. She's like that moment. I will never, ever, ever forget that because it was so special and so precious. And so now, like I look back at the pictures just so I can remember just how much joy I held that day. Yeah. So good. Well, 
I guess we can't talk all night. (laughs) But what advice would you give to other queer couples that are planning their wedding? I would say, remember the why of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Honor yourselves first. Mm -hmm. It is about you all. It's one day, but make that one day as special as possible. It goes by so fast. Mm. And all you have left are pictures and video to remember it by. Um, Know that you may lose some folks along the way, but some good folks will come by and stick next to you. And it's, um, there's beauty in that. And just, just remember to keep it about each other. That's great advice. That's really great advice. Oh, Candace. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the vendor love. So which vendors would you like to shout out? Yes. I would love to shout out Gusta Market where we had our wedding and reception. Mm. I would love to shout out She Shoots 317, an amazing videographer. And I would just love to shout out Etsy. Etsy as a whole, because yeah. I had a really great experience with them on some custom wedding pieces mm. um, that I ordered for the wedding, our vow books, um, our table runners, just really, really awesome experience that I had. Perfect. Perfect. Good, good, good. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? So I am shouting out someone that I'm actually surprised that we haven't shouted out before. And if we have, I just really apologize. And we're going to shout her out again if we have. But basically, if you are in the Atlanta area and you need someone to get your hair together, I am shouting out Mame who has Glam by Mame. I feel like there's only a handful of Atlanta bridal hairstylists that are actually worth anything. And Mame is definitely on that list. Um, I was first introduced to Mame through our mutual friend, Shamika. She's done her hair a lot, but she's also worked with some of our favorite frienders, such as like B Gandy with B for Beauty. Um, And her work is just so magnificent whether you want hollywood waves and updo natural curls a bun finger waves whatever like mommy got you like for real for real so i would find her on instagram go to glam by mommy m-a-a-m-e um and of course you could go to glambymommy.com to learn more about her and you will not be disappointed Tania, who are you going to shout out this week? Yeah, so this week I'm shouting out a wedding and event planner um, who is based out of Atlanta um, by the name of Deanna Hamilton. She goes by Your Big Day ATL on Instagram, and she is now booking. So if you're in need of a wedding planner, please look her up. She also has a website, yourbigdayatl.net. Go ahead and add her to your roster. Well... Candace, where can people find you if they want to buy some of your spices, if they want to listen to your podcast? Because I love it when we could actually do this with people that have stuff going on. I just like, oh, I have a personal Instagram. I guess you can follow. (laughs) You actually have stuff. People can follow. (laughs) Yes. So you can follow me. I am at Food Love Talk. Food Love Talk. T-O-G everywhere on social. Um, you can follow Black Girls Eating, my podcast at Black Girls Eating. We're everywhere on social as well. We're BGE pod on Twitter. This girl will not give up that handle and I'm getting mad. Um, <laughs> give us a handle. No, but um, yeah, that's where I am. I'm on Twitter at Kendence and I talk all the shits. And <laughs> but yes. um, I also share a lot about grief um and writing and family and good music so follow me i love to connect with you buy my spices you can get them at my website at foodlovetalk.com and i'm sure ashley will drop all the links in the show notes but i definitely will awesome awesome yes and please do please listen follow do all of the things because like i said 
or like you said, it's been five, six years now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember when you started with Ebony Eats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, you know, I let the other ones I take the it. lead. I get, I get it. Sometimes you have to pivot. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to pivot. And that's, okay. but I love what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Like I am a hundred percent supportive. We even had, um, Janique and Anthony from, uh, eat okra on here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I love that. But then sometimes I'm like, dang, if I really, you know, if I just held on a few more years. Hey, you never know. Yeah. You may come back to it. You may come back to it. You're right. You're right. Cause it's still active. I, I haven't checked the thing, but <laughs> it's still around. Don't let me tweet it now. I'll bring it back. I'll <laughs> <Dang> it. <sighs> Candace, you're a mess. <laughs> I feel like I could just sit here and talk to you for like another hour plus, but you got a whole family. You, Maddie wants to hang out with you. Girl, <laughs> she wants to boss me. That's what she wants to do. <laughs> if you ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huido.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note, but Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on huido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Sari on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week. <laughs>